Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Why Show, where it's my job to have a wide-ranging conversation with a guest that is creating positive societal impact to uncover their unconventional life paths. I do that by delving into their passions, purpose, and philosophy of life. Today, I have a very special guest, Bruna Correa, who graduated from Emory in Econ and Math and has a dual degree with Georgia Tech in Electrical Engineering. Bruna is originally from Brazil and now lives in Amsterdam. She previously worked in many different companies, including the consulting firm EY and Anheuser-Busch InBev in Brazil. She currently works at FastNet, a Dutch company that wants to create a network of scalable, fast-charging stations for all electric vehicles, powered by 100% renewable energy. She's also passionate about sports, performance, and active living. In her free time, you can find her training for marathons or long-distance triathlons, depending on the season. So I'm super excited to have you today. And so I want to welcome you to the show. And Bruna has been like an amazing, uh, not only mentor for me, but also friend along these last few years. Um, and especially super helpful at the beginning of my college experience here at Emory. So I want to, with that, welcome Bruna to the show. Thank you, Stefano. I'm super excited to be here. Um, first, because, uh, yeah, I feel this like connection with you since we met. Uh, when, Whenever that was, like, it feels like 10 years ago, maybe. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm uh, excited to be part of this uh, kind of creative uh, work that you're doing. I think it's really cool. And I myself listen to a lot of podcasts, so uh, it's really fun for me to be part of one. Awesome. Um, I'm glad you 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 come here and you're like down to to record the podcast. So um, with that, I want to start by talking a little bit more about the why, right? So like this podcast is really focused on purpose, and purpose is is a lot about the why you do things, what makes you tick, what makes you like really like passionate about something. And I want to start by mentioned that, you know, you previously worked at a company that also had this goal of being environmentally friendly and seems that you sort of seek that in your career. So um, aside from that, you also developed a project that sought to solve the basic education problem in Brazil. So I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about what do you think your personal purpose is and if that is in any way related to either environmental impact or social impact? Yeah, good question. Um, I think my answer is probably not going to be what you expect. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let me start by saying that um, I'm still figuring out my purpose. <laughs> Let's go with that. But uh, I have a general idea and it's not necessarily related to environmental impact, for example. I think I ended up at Fastnet now, and I worked previously at Vamov, which was also having a positive impact with uh, uh, the yeah production of electric bikes and you know helping with mobility there. But I ended up in these companies not because I'm necessarily passionate about sustainability, more because I am passionate about building something positive. So it ends up that I'm in in kind of the social the the environmental part of stuff now but i could definitely see myself being in different areas where i still believe there is social impact 
I think what's key for me, like what I'm finding out about my purpose in a way, um, is to really like build something from the ground. So when I was at university, I started Juno Enterprise, right? And uh, that really gave me a like very kind of like it gave me a head start into what does what does it mean to really start something from zero and really made me understand all right this is the type of stuff I want to be doing I don't want to be just you know one in a million and a huge corporation and uh, yeah not having meaningful impact so I really want to drive something that grows from the ground up and um, with that create some some positive thing for the world so Fastnet for me is is that because the company is just starting to scale now. Uh, when I joined, it was about 80 people. Two years later, it's double when the company is really like starting to feel the hockey stick effect of also EVs being on the road and growth and so on. And I'm growing it from the ground. So the data team, which is what I manage now, was really not there. I was the first hire. And so that gives me a lot of of pleasure and a lot of satisfaction and I really want to continue doing these things so yeah I don't necessarily see myself only building sustainable things uh, but for example things that I dabble with in in my like just kind of pondering of what's next and and what I want to achieve in my life or maybe doing something with sports which is really what I'm super passionate about or maybe also doing something with like LGBTQ community um, because that's very uh, personal to me and I would love to kind of create impact there. I love that. Um, that's so cool. And since you mentioned uh, the junior enterprise movement a little bit, can you tell us what exactly a junior enterprise is and like what sort of impact that had on you um, since like the early beginnings when you first like started the movement here in the US? And I know that it's much more common for um, probably Brazilians to understand what a junior enterprise is, but like maybe not so much um, yet here in the in the U.S. or um, just around the world. Yeah, absolutely. So, in essence, a junior enterprise is like a student-run business uh, with the purpose of generating value for the community and generating value for students by letting them gain experience through this work. So basically the way that it works is like very practically, there's a group of students that create a junior enterprise on campus. They can be from any type of degree. So in my case, we're a bunch of engineering students who wanted to have more business experience. And then we created a little, actually like an actual business and had to get all the paperwork for that, which was, yeah, a, a learning in itself. <laughs> uh, then we sold projects for like small businesses around Georgia Tech. Uh, and really the goal was, hey, we want to do something. We want to learn what the world is actually like outside of engineering. And we want to create like positive things for, for, the, for the community around, right? Because we think, hey, we have a kind of privileged position to be getting these this degree and be really into the academics of stuff, why not kind of give that back to the community and also learn along the way? Um, and for me, really, this came about at a time where, well, I have been a athlete my whole life. So how I ended up in the US was that I played really competitive tennis. 
so when I was like 16, I considered playing professional tennis and had to make a decision back then, like, all right, I don't think I'm going to do that. I didn't really love the sport already and didn't see myself being like top 100 in the world. So that just sounded a bit too tough. So I went for the middle way of going to the U.S. And when I started at Georgia Tech, which is when I started Junior Enterprise, it was the first time in my life that I was not an athlete because I competed tennis and then cross country and track for Emory. So it was really kind of like Junior Enterprise was a bit of an exploration on my end to really find out what do I want to do or like what to do with these extra, I don't know, 20 hours in my week that I never had in my life. So it's very impactful in this way um, to really kind of find a completely different passion uh, outside of sports and then um, really learning to build something from the ground. I had no idea, you know, now I really work in business and I think I have a very good understanding of business. But back then, I, I like to say that I was very much like a textbook person. Uh, <laughs> you had to get good grades, but didn't necessarily know how to apply anything. Yeah. Um, and how do you like balance or how have you been balancing the, the sport with your career, right? Because it seems to me that you have this very big passion for running and for sports, and also you have your very driven, like, career rise. So how do you balance those, the two, and how do you, like, maybe in the future see yourself may, try to trying to, like, merge the two of them? Yeah. Um, you know, I can start by saying that I can manage the two because both of them are my priority. So doing well at work and really being, you know, performing well there is something I really care about and continue to always do sports and do well there is also something I really care about. So I, let's say that I, I will pass on some social stuff and I will, you know, kind of make trade-offs for these two things. Um, and then I think between the two, well, I, I've realized that for me, it is important to have a job where I will be able to continue to put time into sports. Um, it's actually not something I knew if I really look at when I was like first looking for jobs and thinking about, okay, what are the things that I care about? Probably what come to my mind then was, you know, growth opportunities, having a good team, being able to learn a lot, like the, the kind of, balanced lifestyle didn't come into play right. um, until I had an internship where I had to work insane hours, like <laughs> more than 12 hours a day. And I really realized, all right, this is not something for me. I need what to was that internship? It was a, in Hansebush. <laughs> I see. So you were working like long hours and then you realized that that wasn't um, no, for I you. I was like, okay, I, I'm not this person. I like to work, but this cannot be the only thing I do. Right. I need to have the the time to be able to do sports. And I need to have also the almost like the accessibility of it. So when I was in Hauser Bush, I was in Sao Paulo. And then, you know, it was hard to get to the park. I couldn't just run anywhere. It was dangerous to run some places on the street. Like, you know, I realized, okay, this is actually something I care about. I want to be somewhere and working somewhere where I have flexibility, that I can go on a run in the middle of the day and that will not impact how much I can grow in my career, basically. Yeah. And you did mention that before you used to have this idea of um, wanting to be on a team, you know, fast paced, learning a lot. 
and um, now maybe not so much. Um, in terms of like, I guess, job safety, is that something that like you want to have as a priority or do you still consider maybe like starting a business one day and being like more entrepreneurial? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I do consider starting something. It's always in the back of my mind. Um, I, I ponder about the trade-offs, right? Because I think if I start something, who knows, am I going to be able to continue to train really hard? Right. I have my doubts, um, mm -hmm. but it's still something on the table. Like I, I do have this, this urge inside of me of like, oh, I really need to, I really want to start something from zero one day. Uh, so I'll probably do it. And then I'll, I'll just find a, another way, like, Probably I don't need to be training for marathons and doing crazy triathlons while I work. Maybe I'll be okay just running a few times a week and yeah, maybe running for 10K because then I don't have to train a lot of hours, you know, <laughs> Right. I'll find a way. I see. Cool. And um, since we're talking about like priorities and everything, do you have like some key turning points or like most relevant decisions that you had to make in your life? Uh, if you could, if you maybe have one or two or anything that comes to mind and then just walk us through how you sort of navigated that. Yeah. Um, I think a big decision for me was when I, I, well, it was a shared decision with my partner, but basically when, when we decided to move away from the U.S. and come to the Netherlands, um, this was two years ago. And at that time, so we're married now uh, for, yeah, almost two years. Um, but at the time, we were just dating. And, you know, like Fabi didn't have a visa to stay in the U.S. Uh, so the decision was basically like, hey, do I want to prioritize my career, which I had a great job at the time. And I, it was really like a great start. You know, I was working at UI. I was in a great project. I was learning so much. I had a good salary. Like it was all the things. I was in LA where I always wanted to be. Right. And then it came to the point of like, all right, do I want to prioritize that? Or do I want to prioritize being with the person I, I want? Um, and kind of, you know, doing something that on paper didn't seem like the best thing for my career. And just kind of, you know throw that away and have to look for something new in the Netherlands in the middle of Corona. Um, there are not a lot of opportunities, you know, like right. really a lot of companies had a hiring freeze. Uh, I tried to get a job through UI. They had a hiring freeze. I had to try to get a job through the client that I was in. They also had a hiring freeze. So that was really like, all right, what, what do I really care about in my life? Right? Like if I am to stay here in the U S and, and work here and then you know have fabi try to find a job in in europe that will bring her to the us and so on like is that really what i care about and you know i think it was a matter of like okay let me look internally and, and figure out is this what really matters in my life and although i said career and sports are important to me clearly that that is the not family the, aspect actually is like, also very important yeah, yeah so and like looking back do you like, do you have, would you have done anything different or do you still believe you made the right choice for you um, and you like, don't regret it? 
100% think I made the right choice. And I still, you know, I, I, I switched job once. That was not the, the perfect fit when I right away moved. But, you know, I am where I am and I have a really amazing job and opportunity at Fastnet. And I think, you know, if you're somebody that works hard through things and you kind of believe in yourself and you will always find a way. So I am 100% sure I'll do these things again where I maybe on paper, it doesn't sound like the best uh, choice, but that if it feels like deep down, this is the right move in my life or like my family or for friends or whatever it is, then I, I'm going to do it. I'm not scared. Yeah. Um, I love that. And also talking, you know, transitioning a little bit into talking about failures, right? Because failures are like really important part of, um, you know, success and just like learning. So in terms of your career or just like your personal life, do you have any favorite failure of yours or a failure that later sets you up for success? During the time when I had just made the move right from Emory to Georgia Tech, part of my uh, dual degree, I was, let's put it in context, I was like recently turned into a non-athlete and I was looking for things to do and I decided to start junior enterprise, but I did not account for what that all meant in my life in terms of like effort and workload and so on. So I decided, okay, I'm going to start this thing, but I still want to graduate within two years and uh, finish my degree. So I took a shitload of classes, like just not a normal amount, which I had been doing my whole time, but I really thought this is going to be fine. You know, I managed it. (laughs) Then I found myself for the first time, like failing hard <laughs> like <laughs> I was like going to get an F in two classes and this was really tough for me because I was like whoa I'm not playing tennis anymore I have time like what is going on right like how am I not able to 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 do well in these um in these classes and like what I really learned at that time was okay like you can't do everything at the same time right like i cannot expect that i can take the same amount of classes um do really well in them and i I was just starting engineering school too right which in itself is also a different challenge can i expect to do that involve myself super deeply in junior enterprise and start something that i have no idea what i'm doing in so you know in a way like i had to ask for help I remember having to kind of reach out to like colleagues or you know, students in the class that I had never talked to because I didn't make it to class often and be like, <laughs> hey, I'm Bruna. I really need help. I'm about to fail this class. What can I do? So it kind of kept me humble to understand, okay, like you can't just do anything. Like you, you got to set some priorities. You got to be able to manage your time in a different way. Um, it's not possible to do everything, which is made. I think it's like one of the big things that I realize and that I carry for my life now of really realizing, okay, if my two priorities on my day to day are doing well in my career and doing well in my sports, I will have to 
give some stuff away. I can't just expect to do everything and do well in them, you know? Yeah. And in terms of like thinking about the future, do you have any dream of yours, any, anything that you really want to either achieve or, or be or like have or whatever it is, whatever form it takes for you? Do you have any, any favorite, you know, dream of yours um, in the future? If I think like of, of mixing my passion for building stuff and sports and, and caring about that, um, I would love somehow to start something from like that mixes data, which is what I do for, for work, right? Data and sports performance and be able to do something from the ground that can really impact people's lives because um, now i i uh, started this uh, kind of coaching business it's not really to make money or anything but it's you know on the side it's this is even the logo jornada and uh, i'm helping uh, other friends and friends of friends and you know people that come to me somehow to start to do endurance sports so i'm teaching them on how do you start from zero you go to run a 10k how do you do a half marathon, a full marathon. And this gives me so much because it's really like a mix of, I'm also analyzing their data because I can get all, all that comes from their watch. I am, mm -hmm. you know, helping them like plan their week and figure out how to get to a certain goal that they want. This gives me so much. It's like really a mix of stuff and it's something I started for myself. So I would love to find a way to somehow scale that and be able to bring sports and kind of this active lifestyle outside of myself. Um, that's one. And then maybe another thing that I play with in my head too, but that's something, yeah, it's not, it's not uh, career related in any way, but I, you know, I actually, I, I really dislike social media. I haven't been active for quite some time, but I made a pact of, with myself that I would keep my Instagram for the reason being that I want to represent uh, the gay community. So when, because I, I remember when I was coming out, which was like the hardest time in my life, I had nobody to look to. Like I didn't know any girls who were out. I didn't know any girls that looked like me who were out. I really felt like so alone. So I, I really want to somehow, like I keep my Instagram so that I can represent, right? Basically my pictures are just me and Fabi and kind of to show the world, hey, this is possible. It's all going to be okay. I don't really know if somebody that's watching it is trying to come out or anything, but I, I imagine so because I was one of them. So I would love to to continue to to support the community in this way. Um, I'm not sure how, but this is something that I I definitely want to keep doing. Yeah, but that's that's certainly like impactful already, right? For be serving for like be serving as an example to for other people, even if maybe people that I don't even know that are out there. But I think that just shows you have like a good intention, like a good heart of you know um, putting yourself out there for for people to also know that that can be an option um, or like a safe, you know, option for them to, to do as well. Yeah. Um, and um, it's touching a little bit on the first point on the performance aspect. I want to go a little deeper in understanding like 
what does maybe like one of your trainings look like um, or what is like the goal or just maybe, you know, talk us through how the the, perform, the performance aspect of, of running sort of, you know, works for you. Yeah. So first thing I do is set up a target race with my my client. Let's put it this way. So that's the most important thing because I'm really of the belief that if you don't have something to work towards too, and if you don't have like this kind of deadline on your calendar, right, you're not, not going to do work, it, right? It's sure. not going <laughs> to work. Starting right. from zero is hard. Running is going to be painful. You're not going to enjoy it for like at least a month if you're really a beginner, which is most of the, the people I work with and help. I so, see. okay, we set that, that target and then we look at, all right, what is your or your um, like uh, athleticism like right now? Like how often have you been working out or kind of workouts have you done? Are you doing some strength? Have you been doing some running at all? And kind of start to gauge there, all right, where am I going to start with this uh, athlete, right? Right. And then basically I do week by week trainings mm-hmm. uh, based on this, right? I have a target goal. I have a current state so you know if you can even think in terms of like a consulting project right you always figure right. out where's the current state where does the company <laughs> want to go it's right. like everything is the same <laughs> so then yeah. we figure out a plan and every week i build something and i can i get the information from their watch uh, to know exactly when they ran how fast they ran what was their heart rate and so on and I analyze that also once a week. So every Sunday I sit down and I look at all the trainings of my athletes. And then I plan for the next week. Because especially in the beginning, it's it's you're going to have to adjust, right? I can kind of only guess uh, how, how hard something is for somebody. So it might be that my trainings are too easy or they're too hard. So it's a lot of trying to figure it out in the beginning, first month, first six weeks or so. And then from that, you get the groove. Um, and... And endurance sports is really about consistency. So it's it's really not so much like having to do intervals and, you know, sprinting and then dying and recovering from that. It's like, it's consistency. If you go out and you do the trainings, I'd say for a half marathon, at least three times a week for a full marathon, at least four times a week, you will get better, which is then what I find most amazing about this sport because it's really like you put the effort in and you see it coming back. Like there's no no other way, right? It's not like with uh, my favorite sport, tennis, where you could train super hard <laughs> and then you could still lose that match. Uh, it's, right. it's really something like you train, you put the work in, it's going to come back. And I think this gives people so much confidence about things in life because they realize, all right, first of all, I can do this that I thought I could never. It's just about going out the door and doing it. Um, so uh, it gives you so much. Uh, and I love to to really just see the progress and having like my athletes starting to believe in themselves and, and really then, you know, okay, they finish their first race and then they get excited about doing another one. All right, I did a 10K. Now I want to do a half marathon. Like, it's so cool, you know? Yeah. And um, I want to ask you about the more competitive aspect of running as well. But before I do that, can you just like tell, you know, share with us the your the Instagram that you mentioned so that people can follow you if they want and know more about like the, the running and like the, the trainings and everything? Yeah. So it's uh, Jornada Endurance. So 
Jornada, like uh, journey in Portuguese, and then endurance. I can make sure to um, add that to the comment section as well um, on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening. So I'll do yeah. that um, so people I'm can follow you. I'm not crazy active there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to do it. Not my forte, but uh, it is the best place to get in touch with me and see a little bit of, of the trainings. Cool. And then in terms of the, the, the more competitive nature, so tennis and, and running, like I've, I've done both as well, right? So I feel like they're very different, like competitive sports. I feel like tennis is much more like you competing against the other player and running, you're like competing sort of against yourself. Yeah. How does that influence your performance or like the way you feel about um, each one of the sports? Yeah, I think... I was always frustrated with tennis not being like a one-to-one -one with the <laughs> effort I'm putting in and what I'm getting out. Right. Of course, there's a magic to it too, right? Because then it's it's a, a little bit more like less predictable. Let's put it this way. Right. And then you know that's that's something that I think can can really fascinate some people, but. For me, I really like the other way around, where I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna work hard for something, I want to know this is gonna pay off. Uh, right. And I think this, this in terms of like building confidence and, and learning about your limits, which is not something you really have with tennis, right? Tennis, your your like challenge, like you probably yeah, your challenge like emotionally being able to kind of hold your emotions there and be able to focus on specific points and win that. So not taking anything away from, from the challenge of tennis, but in endurance sports, it's really like pushing the limits of your body and your mind, because you got to believe that you can do something. And then suddenly you train, 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 and you're there. So I think there's kind of this aspect of like really being, being in touch with yourself and nobody else that gives endurance sports such a special flavor because with tennis you can start to blame the other person right you can say ah the person played super well today or the wind was helping them or i was <laughs> right. whatever right with, you can always find some excuses yeah and with uh, endurance then you don't you don't have that it's you and you're right. putting the effort and you really feel it so i think it's, it's super special and in terms of i guess um strategy would you say running also has like a strategy whenever you're doing like a like a half marathon or a marathon or even like something longer like what, what, how does the the strategy part sort of like comes in 100 there there's a lot of thinking that goes behind it so you first like you you basically when you're when you're going to race to the point that it's not just about finishing right? When you're kind of a step beyond being a true beginner and you really say, okay, I want to run a marathon under three hours and a half. Like breaking that barrier is, is kind of, it's something that you can only do that day because you're fully trained for that. Because the way that training goes and the way that you get fit, it's all about you get tired, tired, tired to then get better and be able to perform on that day. So that day, it's all about how much can I push without breaking? So it's always kind of this, this strategy of like, really like 
knowing how you're feeling at every point in time and making sure that you're so in touch with, with how you feel and how much effort you're giving that you know, okay, I can hold this space or I cannot, right? So it's a very, very fine line because you can imagine like that if you start in the beginning of the race and you go significantly faster because you're feeling good that day, right? Everything is going to feel good. You're trained, you're rested. If you go significantly faster, eventually you're going to break and then you're going to go significantly slower. So you got to kind of like hold yourself so that you go at the pace that you know you can handle and you got to stick to it. And if things are not going well, you got to be able to ask yourself, is this something I can push through or did I pass my, my boundaries? So it's, it's very fine tuned and it's very personal. That's awesome. Um, switching gears a little bit, do you have any, any favorite books of yours or any um, books that had the most impact on your life or maybe books that you've gifted the most? <laughs> gifted the most. Um, you know, I have, so Essentialism is, is a book that really helped me when I was going through this, this phase, right? When I was at Georgia Tech and I was like taking way too many classes and, and uh, trying to stretch myself out too much. That's definitely kind of became core to me of trying to always, you know, figure out, all right, what does it, what, what is it that really matters to myself and let me not spread myself that thin ever again. Mm -hmm. So that's right. the, that has been a special one. Um, but another one, I, I love to read biographies. Uh, I like to read about people's stories and their motives and, you know, the challenges that they had and so on. Um, me too. <laughs> yeah. there, any, any favorite biographies that, you, that you've read? Yeah, so there is this guy, um, biggest ultra runner of all times, Scott Turek. Um, this book is the reason why I went back to running after I was done with sports in, in college. So I was doing junior enterprise. I took a break from sports. I read this biography of this guy and it really reminded me of like how transformational running can be. Um, and what is his about, name exactly again? So Steph, just so that it's uh, Scott Jurek. Scott so, Jurek. Like this. Okay. This guy is really cool because he's really talking about like how running was part of his life. And this guy was like the best ultra runner of his kind of generation. So he was doing like a hundred kilometer races, 160 kilometer races, uh, 200 kilometer races and so on. So insanely long. And he talks about how he got to that and the challenges he, that he had to, to get to that level and, how did he experience things during the races? And I just find it super special. And he was also vegan, um, which back in the 90s, everybody thought it was insane. They always <laughs> right. told him like, dude, this is what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to get any energy. So uh, that also inspired me. I've been vegan for quite some time now. Uh, and I think it's a, another extra layer of being in touch with your body and being more conscious of, yeah, kind of the impact that you have in, in the community around you. That's awesome. Um, 
I appreciate the book recommendation. Any other books that you would highlight, um, biographies or books in general that you feel like impacted you a lot that yeah. you would recommend? I have two. I have two okay. more. Two more biographies. So Arnold Schwarzenegger right. has a biography. This guy's life is insane. I mean, he basically came to the U.S. With, from Austria with like $20 in his pockets and like the clo like the clothes that he was wearing, right? It's really fascinating, like how he was able to go from like, hey, I just landed here. I don't know what I'm doing to like being governor of California. <laughs> <laughs> right. Never mind blowing. Uh, really, really find that super cool. Really a history of like um, just personal growth and, and grit and, you know, kind of fighting for for stuff. And then the, the last one is uh, the one by Agassi. So open, uh, really amazing book. I actually uh, lived at Boletary for a year um, and I could really relate to the feelings that Agassi had of like- The, the Tennis Academy, right? Yes, the Tennis Academy. Yeah, for those who don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's I guess it's famous like in the, the tennis world, but yeah. Yeah. that's so cool yeah good point <laughs> not everybody knows um but yeah i could relate because basically what he talks about is like how much he hated the sport but that was also like part of his identity and who right. he was and he didn't know who to be besides being a tennis player uh, so it's a very interesting dynamic that i also felt at some point in time like i had to rediscover myself when i stopped playing tennis so it's a uh, yeah, it's quite a personal one to me. Oh yeah, wow. And uh, for like running, you've you've been doing some amazing like times, right? Like what was the the best time that you've done for like a marathon? Uh 3:14. Next that, that's year I I saw that, that's like that's extremely good, right? Like for like your age group and like yeah. like being female, like that's like super well, like an amazing result, right? Yeah, that that's like was like 1% finish in in paris that's right. wow Do you, are you are you working towards a specific time now yes i want to run below three hours three hours it's like insane. how many people like, have I think done after that i achieved that i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> there's no other goal like there's no oh, gosh. 55 who cares I that's insane yeah. well good luck on that um uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to achieve that at some point. Uh, I know it's super hard, but that's that's insane. That's incredible. Runa, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I really appreciate all the knowledge that you shared with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you have any friends that you believe would benefit from listening to these conversations, I would really appreciate if you can give it a share. And we also have a new Instagram account. So go follow us at The Y Show. I'm also going to leave all the links in the description if you want to follow Bruna and the Instagram account. Thank you for listening and see you next time.